you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys to Podcasting. DJ Impact here with the other bad boys. How y'all doing? It's good to see you. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, let's uh let's get right into it. Uh before we go into AEW everything, let's just kind of quickly talk about what happened on some of the other shows. And this won't be too long. It's just really just kind of keeping you informed on what else happened. All right. So with that, if you're on the chat, definitely go ahead and uh, and and uh, sit all that information, you know, type in whatever you want to uh, say. We'll try to get that in as we can. All right. So please jump in on the conversation. All right. Let me kick it off with Impact Wrestling. They had emergence that took place on Friday. At least that's when it, it was aired. Uh, just a couple of matches worth mentioning here. Uh, they had the Impact World Title, uh, the World Title Number One Contenders. Now, this particular match will be the person who would fight the winner of the Brian Myers versus Christian Cage. All right. So, with that, we had Moose versus Sammy Callahan versus Chris Sabin. And versus Ace Austin, who of course had Madman Fulton by his side. And the person who ended up winning that was Ace Austin. So it's his time next to fight for the Impact uh, World title uh, once we find out who won that. Because I'm sure that's going to be a mystery um, <laughs> uh, when we get to that. Uh, shout out to Ace Austin for winning uh, for winning that. Anytime you watch any of those contenders uh, wrestle, you know you're going to get one hell of a match. Josh Alexander versus Jake something. Uh, X Division Championship. Josh right now, guys, is just on a whole nother level. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> first off, let me explain. Jake is not a small dude, okay? Um, they bill him as, I, I believe, 6'2", uh, 262 pounds. He's a big guy. Josh Alexander did 10 German suplexes on Jake something. All right. Wow. Yeah. That, that is just amazing. And, and he was able to do that to retain his X division title. Shout out to Josh. He just keeps going on to another level. And uh, we, we, you know, it's going to be great to see where he goes from here. We had the impact world title uh, tag team championship, the good brothers versus violent by design versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. And yes, the Good Brothers retain those titles. So, you know, Good Brothers um, doing what they do best, winning, keeping the titles, I guess, instead of winning them, just keeping them. Um, and then, of course, you had the Impact World Championship, which was Christian Cage versus Brian Myers. And the winner of that, of course, is Christian Cage. So Christian Cage next match will be against Ace Austin, uh, which should be a good match overall. I mean, Ace is, is awesome. So uh, we'll see how that goes down. Um, I, I, I'll be the first to tell you that, and we talked about it last week, I am, um, everyone is happy that Kristen Cage is the Impact uh, title, at least from the Impact Zone, because he is a person that came from there. You, If you watch the past show, you, you'll see that they were throwing up the, uh, I guess the letter C, how you cross your, your arms, the old school way. Um, so they're, they're very uh, receptive to him and everything. I, on the other hand, still going, yeah, but he gets an AW paycheck. <laughs> so he's employed by them. You know, I would like to see that 
on an impact, but it's all right. Christian Cage, I know he's going to do well, and we'll see how long this, uh, this whole thing uh, goes with him holding uh, that title. But that was Impact Wrestling for Emergence. Uh, Ring of Honor, they also had an event. They had two nights back-to-back. Um, four matches really stood out. Jonathan Grisham versus Rhett Titus for the, run, uh, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. And, yes, Jonathan Grisham still holding on to that. I don't think he's ever going to give this up, guys. He's really awesome when it comes to this title. You know, there's rules to the to the Pure Championship match. It's just this is not a one of the, the straight-up matches. There There's several guidelines. I think we talked about it once, and we'll talk about it again. Maybe next week I'll go over everything that that uh, that's a part of the pure championship to hold that and to think to you that you're able to do that maintain that and hold it as long as Jonathan Grisham has done is is just he's just a beast at it and he's doing an awesome job Bandito versus Flip Gordon for the Ring of Honor World Championship happened and yes Bandito he got a chance to make to keep that title he's uh you know everything every since he took that from uh from Roosh, man, he looked like he's not trying to give up that title at all. He's an excellent performer. If you get a chance to see him do the things that you see him, what type of things he do in the ring, uh, you would be quite impressed. The Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Championship, Shane Taylor Promotions versus Delirious Hallowick and uh, or Hallowicked and Frightmare uh, took place in Shane Taylor Promotions. Yes, those are some big guys, man, and they definitely when they get the opportunity to win that. They will, and they are your Ring of Honor World six-man tag team champion. And then the last one is, this was a match between Vincent and Matt Taven. I mean, these guys constantly uh, go uh, (laughs) against each other, but it's a very good story because as we talked about uh, earlier when Simon Street was talking about how NXT builds a a pretty good storyline when it comes to people being friends and then eventually, you know, you now begin to have matches against them. That's pretty much what you're getting with uh, Vincent and Matt Taven. So they had a match where Vince actual Vincent was actually uh, already going to get the Ring of Honor World Title shot, uh, which of course will be against Bandito. But he put that up on the line against uh, against Matt Taven, and uh, and and Vincent earned uh, Taven's Ring of Honor World Title shot. I mean Taven uh, was the one with the, that had the shot uh for the for the world title but vincent eventually ended up being the one that beat him and now is going to earn the ring of honor title shot so um so yeah uh that was what happened uh night one night two there was a lot of matches that took place but those were the four big title matches that was on the line all right um sin city with new japan was there anything that uh that we should go over right quick on that uh, really quickly, there is a very uh, interesting match announcement that was just made for September 4th's Wrestle, Wrestle Grand Slam show um, in Japan as the IWGP United States champion Hiroshi Tanahashi will defend that championship in Japan on September 4th against Kota Ibushi. So... Thankfully, all is seemingly well with Ibushi. Um, If nothing else, he's at least feeling better. So that's Mm -hmm. a huge step in the right direction. Uh, He had um, he had a a bout with pneumonia, um, is what is what they're saying. So, yeah, really good to see Ibushi at least feeling somewhat better. Um, They feel that he will be good to go by September fourth. So we'll be we'll be uh, waiting to see how that match unfolds. Now, obviously, we speculated here on the show that, hey, possibly Tanahashi is going to defend that U.S. championship at All Out, which just so happens to be on September 5th in Chicago. Well, this match announcement pretty much kills off any talk of that whatsoever. One thing of notice, one thing of note is that John Moxley is booked to be wrestling an unnamed New Japan talent. Uh So... We shall see who that's going to be. And there's been speculation for quite some time. Um, I genuinely don't know who they're going to put against Moxley at all out, but it uh, should be interesting nonetheless, for sure. Awesome. All right, guys. The uh, one last thing I'm going to mention, and then it's on to AEW. This Saturday, NWA Empower, the all-women's uh, wrestling pay-per-view it's going to be uh, pretty awesome. 
Uh, again, it's this Saturday. I wanted to run over some of the uh, the card that you're going to experience, uh, just in case you want to check it out. Um, you're going to get the NWA World Women's title. That's Camille versus Layla Hirsch. You get the Impact Knockouts title with Deanna Perrazzo versus Melina. You get the NWA's Women's Invitational Cup gauntlet featuring Tootie Lynn, Jamie Senegal, Chelsea Green, Lady Frost, Debbie Malenko, Bianca Corrali, Masha Slamovich, Genocide, Thunder Kitty, and Kiara Hogan. So you have that. Uh, then you have the NWA Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament semifinal match, which uh, you have the Hex, which is Allison Kay and Marty Bell, versus Heel on Heels, which is Sahara Seven and Renee Michelle. Now, next you get the NWA World Tag Team Championship Tournament semifinal match, which is Red Velvet and Kylie and Kylin King versus Free Babes versus the Free Babes. I'm sorry, versus the Free Babes, which is Miranda Gordy and Haley J. Uh, and then there's going to be a, a match, a tag team championship uh, women's tournament final match, which is to be determined. Nothing's being announced yet. And then you get Diamante versus Chick Tormenta. Versus Kylie Ray, guys. Kylie Ray. It's uh, good to see that uh, we'll get to see her again as well. So this is going to take place this Saturday. Uh, more than likely, it'll be on um, um, what's the um, Fight online? TV. Fight TV, yeah. More likely it'll be there. But uh, NWA Empower, that's the card. Definitely check it out, guys. Um, it should be really good. All right. Now, I'm going to hand this over to you, Mr. Sense City Steve. Uh, don't, don't keep us waiting going through uh, Dynamite. Let's just get right, right. to it. <laughs> let's just, let's, no no foreplay. Let's just get right into no, it. Yeah, All right. let's just get right into it. <laughs> All right, man. Um, yeah. So, obviously, uh, they ran the promo package for the first dance. Um, ironically enough, your second episode of AEW Rampage. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, as soon as the video package ended, they didn't play anything for a solid two seconds and just let the mm. anticipation build. And then Cult of Personality did hit. And then we did see the graphics come across the screen. And Phil Brooks himself strolled out onto an AEW set for the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, CM Punk is back. And uh, he decided to uh, cut a pretty solid promo at the, at the top of this show. And uh, one thing that I found very interesting mm -hmm. is you could genuinely see in his face that he was moved by the response that he got. He had tears in his eyes as he was coming to ringside. And it's, it, it, well, there was, it was also awesome fair. to see. There was also fans with tears. There were also apparently. fans. There were also <laughs> fans that were crying like, crying like kids man um punk had been gone for over seven years seven years and uh yeah man he he came back to one of the loudest responses that i can remember hearing yeah. and uh it it it, it was great and then he started speaking and it got even better cm punk decided to cut a promo where he mentioned his ring of honor exit yeah and he said that in uh, when he left Ring of Honor in uh, 2005, I believe that uh, he was done with professional wrestling. That's when CM Punk retired from professional wrestling. Then, obviously, he did not say one word about WWE in that entire promo, uh, other than the uh, just mentioning them as a place that he got sick. So he did not mention them by name. Um, and I think that that is the best course of action with this, just, uh, kind of pick up from where we are now. You can draw conclusions based on things in the past, but, uh, this was, uh, this was everything that it needed to be. They knocked it right out of the park with this Let me and they, and they mm -hmm. made it, they made it the easiest, the easiest outcome possible. Don't string the viewers along until the end of the show or any dumb right. shit, just, you know, cold open, go right to it. So just let me just ask you guys, and we've, I know we've kind of thrown this out there during some of our three talk, three count talks, but just flat out. I mean, is now that we actually see this, this happen, 
is this now a game changer or is it the same? Is it a game changer in professional wrestling in any way of capacity? How would it be a game changer is I think the question, right? Because it's technically not changing the game. The one game it is changing is that AEW who specifically said, we are not going to be the company that signs all these WWE guys have Mm -hmm. signed all these WWE guys. So if anything, the game changer is that the people who would have been getting spots are now going to have a harder time. And probably, you know, it's really funny. Everyone says, Oh, WWE, they don't use their guys correctly. They, they let guys go, et cetera. Eventually you're going to have to see AEW do the same thing to some of those guys who are, what would be considered lower card or mid card guys. So that's what you're getting from that. That's your game changer, but mm-hmm. it's still not a competition. It's not directly competition. Yeah. Now, if they were smart enough or had the flexibility enough to challenge raw spot on, then you have something, you know, because when you put something at the same night at the same time, then you have direct competition. But it's hard to say, you know, Tuesday or Friday or Wednesday because you're all over the place, right? You got different audiences and different things going on. So yeah. you're on the same playing field. That might be the game changer. But, you know, it's it's something to get those fans excited. The one thing that I totally think that is bullshit is that CM Punk would be no fucking buddy on a national level if he didn't perform in the WWE. Mm. So all this backlash about how Punk was treated, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Phil Brooks signed a contract and he took full advantage of that contract. So to put any negativity on that company, no matter what the situation was, the truth of the matter is, is that if Phil left, you know, retired after Ring of Honor, no one would be talking about CM Punk because no one would know who the fuck he is on a massive level, except for that, that small condensed crowd. Let me get your feedback on this, Simon Street. What's your take when you heard all of this? We saw what happened on Friday. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, the only thing I can say is this. <clears throat> a lot of you, you guys, and I mean y'all three, don't know about me past maybe seven years. You know, I'm just being honest, okay? I used to be a diehard wrestling avid fan, 100%. There's no, everybody, y'all know, I don't, I'm not hardcore like y'all are, but I love, love this business. But what made it special for me was CM Punk's time in WWE. He was somebody that as a character I identified with. Um, he was somebody that I totally could get with and group with. That was my guy next to The Undertaker. And mm-hmm. some of the things that he said in WWE and he said in his promo in AEW really do make sense. At least he was consistent. Sometimes you are in a place that although your personal experience may not be what's shared among everybody else, you are sick. You become sick the way that things are run because you don't agree with it or because it's something that doesn't jive with your inner self. And so I appreciate him saying that. And I appreciate him not saying WWE because when you when you cure yourself of somewhere that's sick, you should you shouldn't have to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it because you've moved on. Now, as far as like a game changer for AEW, I think it puts them in a position to where if they put the right things in place, like Michael said, and they did put go up one on one with a Raw, particularly Raw, they could probably do very well. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Do I think that AEW has to be careful of how many people they sign? We do know that Daniel Bryan is on his way or Brian Dan- or Daniel Bryanson, whatever the hell you want to call him. We know that he's on his way, you know, if, if uh, rumors are correct. So they have to be careful with that because that could be something that could be problematic for what they want to do. But I want to close with this. One thing that CM Punk said in that promo, which got me excited and which has always gotten me excited about AEW. And I've been hoping that they stick to it and they make that promise good is working with the younger guys in the back. And he said the line that, man, wouldn't it have been great if when I first started off, I had this many people around me. That right there, in my opinion, should be what AEW stands for. Grooming younger talent. Now, that's easier said than done, because as Michael says, 
you can only have so many people on TV time, and there's a lot of guys that's out there. Uh, a lot of guys that WWE used to have that are now signed to AEW. I hope that they stick to that. And if Punk is anything like he has been or Phil has been like, like he's been in the past, he's very up, upfront and honest about when he says something, that's what he's shooting for. And so if he is going to work, I work with a lot of the younger talent there. Great. I'm excited to see what's going to happen when he faces off with uh, uh, Darby Allen. Super excited. That's going to be fun. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a good time. Good time. I didn't cry, but uh, I, it was a good time. Let me ask you this. Let me go back over to Sin City, and then I'm going to let you continue along with the show. When he speaks on working with small with some of the younger talent and he start off with Darby, how careful does how careful do they have to be with um, with his booking? Because we know he can't he can't start off, you know, I guess being like the Cody and and just uh you know, winning matches and, and whatever the case at the same time, he can't go on a losing spree either. I mean, what sense is that going to make CM Punk come in losing everybody? How important is this booking going to be now that he's going to start with these younger guys that that's supposed to uplift Darby Allen or hangman page or take them to that next level? How, how do you do that? Well, it, it starts with, there being more to the match than just the outcome of the match and the match length. Yeah. So ultimately you're going to probably see them go probably 10 minutes or so uh, at all out. You're not going to see a two mat, uh, a two move match uh, as we saw elsewhere this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think that you're going to have CM Punk come in and just squash Darby Allen if they do that, then that's absolutely piss poor for business. And I will definitely talk shit about it if that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, call it what you will. CM Punk's first match back in professional wrestling in seven plus years, that's going to get some eyes. And the other name in that match is going to be one that, you know, people will at least, you know, somewhat either remember or you know it comes down to how the match is if it's just a squash then it's not going to do any favors whatsoever for darby but if it is a an eight to ten minute match darby has a good showing cm punk beats him um in the end then yes i think that he will he will gain a little bit more uh from this match just by being in the match um, yeah. So I think I think that there's there's definitely something to be said about here's, the, here's the, a question what they're doing. For you. Here's a question for you though, Steve. Yeah. And this is this is a really interesting thought because I uh, until you kind of said that I didn't really think about this. What happens if guys like Darby Allen are now exposed, meaning that they really aren't that good? And going in with a guy like Punk, Punk, as they're bringing in more of this talent who has the experience of national television, right? What if you see that Darby Allen is not much more than a top independent wrestler? And so the potential of what you were doing and building him as being someone to be the face of the company now starts kind of taking a step back. And then we see maybe like Alistair Black is a good example, right? You know, if he came in and faced Darby, which would be a logical matchup because of the character types and he can't hang with him. I mean, what if we start seeing some of these guys become exposed because they hadn't had that real, because now your competition is spread out throughout the roster before it was Jericho and it was Moxley and it was Jericho and it was Moxley, right. guess, really. So, yeah, what, what do you think on that? Because that just hit me as, like, that could be something that could be great, but also could be something that could be, you know, tough. Realistically, there's only one way to know, and that's to do it. Sure. I mean, it just being completely, completely real with you. I mean, that's the only way that they're going to know what they have is if they start to integrate those, you know, those different elements together. Um, by putting somebody like a Darby Allen in there with CM Punk. Um, I think that we're definitely going to 
get a, a genuine feel for where Darby is in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I think that Sean mentioned something just to kind of, you know, circle back to one thing. Uh, he, he said uh, the first sentence out of Punk's mouth put over a younger wrestler, Britt Baker, whereas WWE's answer was to squash Bianca with her returning Becky. Think about that process. Mm. Yeah. I, and again, I'll, <laughs> I'll say, unless you know the circumstances behind why that was I, done, you know, come on, Sean, come on. But he does, he, he does make a very good point because, you know, again, the way I look at it, is you can use a lot of like let's say say with punk situation darby allen there's ways to put it to where you don't expose the younger talent to the way they're not good expose them as they're inexperienced i feel like sometimes with pro wrestling it's it's they're still trying to work out what's the best way to show inexperience what's the way to convey that in a match sometimes they're spot on and they and in wwe announce team does a good job they'll say oh well i'll they should have covered them quickly. You're taking too much time. You know, that's one example. I think AEW does something to that effect to where you're going against these, these veterans. Okay. Punk's been in the game for quite a long time, even before he took his seven year hiatus. You know, he's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So with Darby Allen, yes, he's getting too lich from Sting. Now it's time to take what the teacher has shown you and put it into play. That would be the perfect time to start doing that. And maybe Darby's not going to win the first two matches, but if you make it like a series or something like that, and you put the narrative to where, look, kid, this is, this is the way you, 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 you grind the sword. So one, you can develop prob- yourself. One problem on that in terms mm-hmm. of what you just said about a series, punk is only signed to appear in terms of being an active wrestler somewhere between like 12 to 15 times or something like that. So it's very, he's going to be very limited in actual in-ring action. So a lot of that is going to have to really rely on more of the promos and stuff like that. True. Very, 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 very true. And and, and if that is the case, because I didn't know that information, again, utilize the time that you have and make it to where it's exclusive. Make it to where some of the other guys look like, oh, shit, Darby worked his ass off and look what he has now. He has this jewel that he can work towards. So again, you got to find a way to organically cultivate it and, and yes, protect the, the older people that are the veterans, but also to protect the younger talent because you don't want to make the same mistakes that TNA's made in the past. You know, you don't want to make the same mistakes that the WWE has made in the past. Um, but I do think that there is a, um, uh, a relationship that, that can be had when you're able to make that narrative stick. And AW, to me, product-wise, is the closest thing that has the tools to do that. We'll see what happens. Well, WrestleMania 30 called They Want Their Cards Back. <laughs> All right, since City, go ahead. Uh, Continue. Man. <laughs> so, shockingly enough, there were other things on Rampage. I don't know if you guys yeah. knew that or not. But, yeah, the show didn't one, end after the first 20 minutes. One bullshit thing, but I'll wait till you get to it. Oh, oh. Um, Jurassic Express defeated Private Party in a World Tag Team Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal match. Um, so, yeah, it looks like as if we're looking at Jurassic Express uh, in the finals of that tournament, and they're going to be going against the uh, the team of, uh, well, whoever comes out victorious this coming Wednesday on Dynamite uh, when the Lucha Bros meet the Varsity Blondes. So uh, chances are we'll, we're going to end up seeing Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy at the pay-per-view, and quite frankly, they should win those titles as well. Um, Your money is bucks. Your money's not on the uh, the varsity bonds in this one. No, actually, it's not. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pillman. Sorry, Griff. Shit, sorry uh, to Penta and Phoenix, but yeah, yeah, the, the Jurassic Express. I mean, they've got this without question. Just get, um, the, just get the titles off the Bucks, please, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it, it, that agree. has to happen. That has yes. to happen. Um, impact. Yeah. Would you like to do the honors, sir? Would you like to talk about this match? I, I, Apparently, Kara Hogan did the honors. <laughs> I don't have a problem starting off with Jade. I like Jade. I've always said I've um, my my joke when I first saw Jade was I'm sure Triple H is waiting for her to go ahead and get seasoned so he could just go ahead and grab her. Uh, that was my running joke from the beginning. Uh, but I mean, she 
she is a, a star in the making. I get it. I, I'm all with it. On the other hand, why do we have to, why do we have to bring somebody in to, to, to job? To lose? Part of the business. There has, there has to be a winner. There has to be a loser, bro. And don't, oh, and, and don't blame AEW, blame Impact Wrestling. I once again always say that it's, it's how the match is presented. And she almost seemed like she was an amateur, okay? She's been in this business for a while and have put on awesome matches. You, she, could, you, she couldn't connect. She couldn't do anything in this match. She was like someone literally that they just got from an, an indie school and came in to do the match. And that's the problem that I have when it comes to matches like that. There's just no respect. I don't mind you losing. Take the loss. I think Jay should have won. But why in that matter? Why did it make her look like that? She shouldn't even have been out there. Like, why is she even there? So I hate that. To the answer to the question, and there's only one reason, and that is because Kira Hogan has an established career. And if you want to make Jade look strong, you have her beat her dominantly. And yeah. that's it. That's the only answer. And, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but. Okay. Realistically speaking, the thing that I would mention on that too is, of course, you're going to have, you, you know, going into the show that they're going to have the most eyes that tuned into this show that they've ever had tuned in anywhere. And at the end of the day, Jade Cargill will end up being the future of their women's division. Okay. That's, that's how they've got her positioned right now. So they are, you know, they're giving her an amazing and amazing push. Ultimately, Matt brings up a great point. Kira Hogan does have some name recognition from her time at Impact. So you can at least build that up. Whoever Jade was going to be in this match with, she had to squash. Yeah. And also, and also, DJ, one thing that is they, they did make um, one move to kind of cover it to make Kira look um, a little better. And that was they specifically said she is known as a tag team specialist. And now she's trying to go single, essentially. So you're trying to put the emphasis on the reason that she's losing is not because she's not good. It's because she's used to tag teams. And she's, she's out of her element. Exactly. Okay. I appreciate that, fellas. I don't feel better, but I think I, I accept the explanation. So oh, good. Good. continue. Well, elsewhere, um, our <clears throat> main event, was John Moxley and Daniel Garcia. And uh, I think that quite a few of you listening or watching this right now are still saying, who is that? Um, Yeah, this was a four-minute squash match. Um, You have Moxley go over extremely strong. It ends the show. It sends people home happy, I guess. I... Yeah, I mean, granted, this was about as good of a as good of a thing to happen as possible, given that they only had about four minutes of ring time before the post match stuff kicked, which uh, you know, obviously two 2.0 and Garcia attacking Kingston, Moxley, Sting and Darby Allen hit the ring to make the save. Um, obviously 2.0 stacked up in the corner sting hit the stinger splash follows it up with the scorpion death drop. And of course you're putting over that great young talent sting. I'll tell you, he's going to have a future in this business. someday. (laughs) Which goes, which goes, it's funny too, because it goes to this point of you literally just signed two guys who were released from WWE. And so what are you doing guys? Just yeah, paying higher money for guys who are jobbers. It's yeah. like this is the this is the concern is Tony Khan doesn't know what he's doing with his fucking money. Yep. That's the problem. Hey, let yeah. me ask you this. That kind of think about it because I I think I showed this to 
Simon Street on when we was at the show. I don't know. I was reading some sort of a um, comment online, and someone made a point. They said something to the idea of Vince McMahon is very smart because oh, you see, he's, talking about that, yeah, yeah, because he's making Tony Khan spend all of his money, yeah, yeah he's out, out on his talent. Yeah, you know, which is going to put them out pretty quick. I never, I never thought about that, but does that is that something that's possibly could be happening? We just, we just don't know that. Coca Cola has done it in the future. Uh, I mean, in the eminent not the future, in the past. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Coca Cola has done something like that uh, a long time ago. Coca Cola, if you didn't know, uh, Dr Pepper weren't the same company, and they still aren't the same company. But um, uh, I'm not sorry, not Dr Pepper, Sprite. And so what they were doing is, uh, you know, they were essentially doing so well that they made them eventually uh, merge with them. Same thing for Dr. Pepper. I used to work for Coke, so that's the reason why I'm saying that. So um, it was interesting because I didn't know until I started working for Coke that people do that in business all the time. They'll make Wait. their competition spend more money Wait. to compete with them. What? You, you used to work for Coke? Or you used to work for Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Thank you. Thank you for oh, correcting okay. that. All right. I can just see it now to feel like Simon Street. I'll hire you for a bag of Coke. No. <laughs> listen, listen, he ain't Tony Khan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, wow. I'm serious. If you guys haven't seen that press conference afterwards, just look at Tony sit there with the look on his face and you're like, yeah, he might be. He might be, he might be choked out. He might be. Jesus. Well, keep on spending his money then. Let's go. Yeah, I guess so, man. I guess <laughs> so. But but it brings up a very interesting point, and that is whether or not it's intentional or not, with the WWE taking the steps to um, look at their books and, you know, re remember, just three years ago, everyone was pissed off. Oh, Vince is signing everyone under the sun. Well, at some point when you do that, you do have to eliminate people. And I'm sorry if you like Miro when he was there, or I'm sorry if you like so-and-so and so-and-so. Guess what? If you want to sustain your business, you got to let some of that weight go. And it just happens that Tony has been very willing. The guy who said he wouldn't do it is very willing to start grabbing this, which is interesting because is it because he wants to be one of the boys? He wants to be liked? Is it pressure from the uh, the network to get even higher ratings? You know, what is it behind it? And is it smart business? Because the one thing we got to say about Tony, and just remember, and um, I had this conversation with, um, with John the other day, and he goes, oh, that's right. I didn't remember that. When you compare Bischoff to Tony Khan, there's a big difference. Bischoff started in advertising in AWA back in 1986. And he worked his way as a broadcaster through the ranks and then was interviewed and given the job. And then Bischoff, it went to his head and you saw the downfall of WCW. And it was also not run by, it was, you know, run by network people. And they had guys from, you know, Coca-Cola marketing and shit like that, right? Here, the danger is Tony's never been in the wrestling business. So the people he's listening to are all the EVPs who do not get along. And we know as such, because it was fucking actually addressed stupidly enough, you know, just like two weeks ago at one of the, on one of the promos. So that's the big question is, do you know what you're doing or are you just, just trying to do it because it's it's the role you're on right now so it, it, we won't know it's going to be you know a couple of years before we see if any of this stuff actually does pan out to be valuable because god only knows how much that cm punk contract was yeah no shit and they working yeah. for peanuts yeah it i can tell you one thing um CM Punk did set a uh, pro wrestling tease record with the number of shirts that they sold in the first 24 hours. Their site was down for most of the day uh, on Saturday. Um, wasn't restored until I think it was in the late afternoon evening um, that you could actually get through to buy a shirt. It's unbelievable. Wow. So, yeah. 
So that but, was pretty awesome. Steve, that brings up a, a really good question. I never thought of this because you said his pro wrestling tea store. Yeah. What did he, did they have any sales on AEW? Well, so here's the thing is pro wrestling, tees, pro wrestling tees makes all of the AEW shirts. Okay. So, so yeah, they are, you can go to shop AEW.com if you want, essentially it'll take you to a reskinned version of a, of a pro wrestling tees page. Okay. So yeah. Um, believe it or not, there was another uh, AEW show this past week. Um, mm-hmm. AEW Dynamite. Uh, was on Wednesday, August 18th. Um, as far as anything that was notable, um, Sammy Guevara did get the uh, the win over Sean Spears in what seemed to be a, uh, a definitive way, and hopefully that just kind of puts the kibosh on that, and both men can move on and go into other directions. Uh, and congratulations to Sammy Guevara, um, who proposed to his fiance now fiance proposed to his girlfriend and uh yeah she said yes hooray oh, was that awesome. was that uh was it mjf who was on commentary who said uh who was the line about oh my god is that all you can find here in in rural in texas <laughs> uh, you know like i mean Dude. they literally they buried they his buried her yeah fiance. yeah, yeah i I could not believe so that shit. Weird. <laughs> that was awkward as shit. It was. Um, elsewhere, um, we saw Dan Lambert cut a promo who was joined by Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos, which was pretty cool. Um, seeing those uh those former UFC guys on AEW TV. Um, now obviously it's it's one of those things where they're doing the whole thing with Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky and Lambert being involved, could we possibly see Dan Lambert as the mouthpiece for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? I don't think that they need a mouthpiece. So I don't know uh, necessarily what uh, what the end game is there. Unless you're going to bring in uh, someone that just got cleared to work GCW dates here in the States and uh, is a New Japan Pro Wrestling contracted wrestler. And I don't know, maybe you just put him with uh, Dan Lambert and have Dan Lambert cut promos for him. What would you guys say to seeing uh, John Moxley maybe versus Minoru Suzuki in AEW with Dan Lambert as his mouthpiece? I think it'd be pretty badass. I'll, I'll tune in to watch that. The only thing is though, Dan Lambert is fucking annoying as shit. He's, just, he's... I, I, good. He's doing his job, bro. Not, not in a good way though. Listen, if a person makes you want to fast forward through listening to him, that's that's what you're the the bad thing about the DVR era is that is that you can't. So I I get what they're trying to do, but I now I wouldn't mind seeing that match without Lambert as mouthpiece because I think those two just go out and fucking kill each other and fans would go crazy. Because ultimately, that that could very well be the New Japan contracted opponent for Moxley that's been rumored, um, and the you know the people that are in the know supposedly have said that it's a name that will surprise quite a few people. So, yeah, could it be Suzuki, um, or could it be somebody that you know we haven't even thought about here on the show? Who knows? Eva Marie. Oh Lord, have mercy! No. Oh please, God, no. Wait, actually, you... I, 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 I could, I could deal with seeing Moxley beat the shit out of Eva Marie. I was just gonna say, Steve, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Michaels, I like the way you're thinking. I, I'm all about that. That's awesome. Either it's either that, or we bring back Nick Cage and uh, have Nick Cage wrestler. Oh, Jesus, boy. the only thing she needs to wrestle is the reality that she sucks at what she's trying to do. And should find her true door that she should have went through and not pro wrestling. Yeah, no joke, I, man. It's. I it's hope Michaels crazy. never go after interviewing her, and we have to pull up all of these or remove. Oh all of shit! These, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you right now. If, if, if y'all pull that, I'm gonna boycott Vegas Bad Boys of podcasting. <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, then you uh, do the interview. You do the interview then. I, I'll do the interview real quick. So anyways, thank you for showing up. Fuck you. Fuck you. Go find something new. Playboy <laughs> Maxim. I oh don't want you. God. Have a great day. Oh All right. God. That's the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Quote well, it by Simon well, Street. We will, live, we will definitely live up to the name Bad Boys with me. <laughs> Doing that. The, uh, the final the final match on uh, this episode of Dynamite just so happened to be the fifth labor of Jericho. Thank God. MJF versus Chris Jericho. Stipulations for the match. Jericho cannot use the Judas effect and did not come to the ring with Judas Ablaren. <sighs> well, they uh, they they did the uh, the sing along. It's too and, bad the uh, uh, audience couldn't wrestle for him too. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I'll tell you, man. It, so, you know, there are certain matches that are definitely made better by the crowd. This one was one of them because God forbid, could you guys imagine if this match would have happened in an empty arena? It, it, oh. it, it just would not have worked whatsoever. Um, due to, you know, no one was surprised with the outcome of the match. MJF picks up the win in about 15 minutes. Um, and ironically enough, I did like the, uh, the timing of this. Just as Jim Ross said, he'd never seen Chris Jericho tap. Well, Chris Jericho tapped. So uh, he tapped to that arm bar. So I don't know uh, where we go from here. Let's hope that uh, the inevitable happens this Wednesday. Jericho comes out, challenges MJF. MJF says, hell no, I already beat you. Jericho says, well, what if I put up my career on the line? And then it all out, we have Chris Jericho versus MJF. And if Chris Jericho loses, then he must retire. And if that happens, Steve, the most brilliant thing they could ever fucking do, and and no one's done this yet, you have Jericho show up on commentary underneath Excalibur's mask and totally he's Excalibur and and you just have that kind of play out for a little bit until you you know you finally unmask him when you know MJF finally gets pissed off and has a match against <laughs> one of his you know against Sammy or something to to unmask Excalibur but here's the problem. Somebody else already did it, but that's a way better idea. Kurt Angle did that shit with that goofy ass, whatever the fuck, golden luchador. No, no, no. That's always, it's always been done in the ring. Oh, I see what you're saying. No so, yeah, that would has, be different. Yeah, no one's ever done that because there's never been a masked commentator before. And you know what? Excalibur could use a break, man. He's worked hard. He's worked he so hard. He could use a break. He could use a Tony, break. Tony, if you're listening, brother. <laughs> And you're still listening to this, even after all the shit that we give you. And lines of coke. Come on, bro. That 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 is gold right there. That is gold. Or white powder. Maybe it's white gold. There you go. Either way, it fits in your nose. Oh Jesus. So yeah, um, that pretty much gets us caught up um, on all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, a quick, uh, quick answer. Chris want to know, does that mean we finally get rid of Excalibur? No. <laughs> no. Boy, talk, talk about a retirement match for a retirement match. No shit. <laughs> now, can we do the same thing for JR? Right? Now, so uh, Sean in the chat just asks, can AEW stop signing talent and start signing new commentators? <laughs> Yeah, no and sh- don't use Mark Henry because all he said was a couple of quick words, and that was it. No shit, man. That was yeah, rough. man. It's pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> and, and it was also brutal that they put Jr. on that team now. So not only are you not hearing Mark Henry, and when he does open his, his mouth, it's like, eh. then it's Jr. just blabbering stuff. It's like find the balance, man. Um, Taz is good. Stop, stop doing Team Taz shit, and that'd be great. You know yeah. what's scary about JR? Because I don't watch AEW all the time, but when I do and I hear JR, he's always recounting a memory that he had. Then listen to his commentary. He's always, almost yeah. every time, recounting a memory. Well, you know, like, 
15 years ago in 1996, I remember that. It was some shit like that. I'm like, okay, JR. <laughs> All right, Boy, guys. You were in the future tonight, and now 1996 was only. <laughs> I know, bro. <laughs> My bad. 25 years. 25. Marty years. McMotherfucking Fly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh, God, man. Thank you, Man Sin City, for breaking that down and uh, you guys for uh, hanging out with us. We're going to give our uh, our final thoughts for the week. We thank all you guys, all you guys for rocking with us, no matter if you're listening to us or watching us live or on the podcast. We absolutely uh, appreciate you uh, very much. Uh, don't forget, there is the NWA Empower going down this weekend. And of course, the following weekend after that, it got all out, right? So we still have a uh, uh, a lot more wrestling to uh, to to be had. All right. So with that, I'll start off with you, Simon Street. What would you love to tell the good people out there? Well, everybody, it's been a fantastic uh, week of wrestling, especially the weekend. Um, I know all of us had our fill. A lot of us who went and traveled. Um, hopefully you travel as safely as you got to Las Vegas. You travel back to your homes and remain safe and uh, that's all I got to say. No doubt, no doubt. Sid, City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the awesome shit that you guys do on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You guys do that, you know, you guys fuel us to be able to do this. So thank you so much. Um, also, special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country on lands, both foreign and domestic. Thank you mm-hmm. for everything that you do as well. And also, repsports.com use promo code vegas at checkout save yourself 15 percent. repsports.com promo code vegas all right matt michaels you know when you think about it cm punk um you know for all the stuff that he's done in his career and and everything out of all the wrestlers he's got the best finisher for him because it's the go to sleep and that's what happens every time you fucking wrestle as I go to sleep. So. <laughs> damn. 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 All right. There you have it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for hanging out and we will see ya next time. Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.